Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. But you're in Matthew chapter 26, and uh, we are going to preach today. Uh, if you want some paper notes, we have those, and uh, you can raise your hand. We got some paper notes. Uh, we also have the digital ones, which you can get by downloading our app. Uh, here in our series on prayer, um, you know, the big idea is that prayer is pretty important. Um, that as a Christian, uh, prayer is one of the greatest tools we have available in our life. And I've mentioned this several times throughout our series. Uh, it is the most, I think, one of the most powerful tools, but it's also one of the least used or maybe, I mean, whether it's avoided or just it doesn't happen. It's one of those tools that we don't use a whole lot. Um, but we need to learn as a people how to pray, how to pray effective. The Bible says it's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person that, that brings great change. And so we need to be more effective in our prayers. But also, I want, as a church, I want to be at a place where we're praying big, powerful prayers. Right? Like, I, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through something, I don't want some people just to get around me and be like, God, I just pray that you'd make it okay for them. Right? When I'm going through something, I want some people around me that are going like, to, like, go for it in prayer and, and, and believe that God can do anything. And so we've been talking about that and talking about these, these big, bold prayers. You might be here and you've been attending over the last couple of weeks and hearing us talk about prayer. And you might still be sitting there saying, I don't really know how to pray. And we've talked a little bit about that and we have a couple more weeks in this and we'll get into some of that stuff. But I would encourage you and maybe even challenge you a little bit um, to jump in on a small group. Uh, because that's one of the greatest places you'll learn how to pray. Uh, because we're not just talking about prayer in small group, we're actually praying for one another. Two weeks ago in our small group, we didn't even have a chance really to talk about the message. We just were praying for people's needs. And it was such a powerful time. And as I shared with you earlier, uh, Laura, in our small group, man, she just, man, it was so powerful uh, when she let out and prayed publicly for the first time. And, uh, and so if you've never done that or you want to go a little bit deeper, man, uh, get involved in a small group. It's never too late. Uh, you can jump in. You can just text. I don't know if we can pull up the number again. Uh, if we have a slide, it's just the number, even if it's not a small group one. But just text uh, groups to our number, 858-943-2221, and, uh, and, get, and just start joining a group. Matter of fact, we had somebody, we we're about, I think, five weeks into this session, four weeks in. We had somebody join for the first time last Wednesday, and it was awesome. And they had so much to share. And that's, that's a cool thing about small groups. It's not just what you hear from maybe the leader. Matter of fact, the leader just facilitates the conversation. But it's what you're hearing from other people and learning and gleaning from one another. And it's, it's so powerful. So we're going to continue uh, this conversation on prayer. Uh, real basic, uh, what is prayer? And I can't stress this enough. It's just you simply having a conversation with God. Uh, no matter what that conversation looks like, God does not shy away from a conversation with his people. Um, and, uh, and so sometimes your prayer life might look like an argument with God. Come on, somebody. Right? Um, but it's you having a conversation with God and and God wants to invite you into that. Today what I want to look at is I want to look at a conversation that Jesus himself had with his heavenly father. And uh, Jesus prayed a lot. And uh, he understood the power of prayer. He taught his disciples the power of prayer. And he, he actually gave them a, uh, just a, like a how, to, how, how to pray, um, kind of a guideline for prayer. And, but Jesus himself did pray. And so we're going to look here at Matthew 26, 36 through 46. And uh, just to set it up, uh, Jesus is about ready to be betrayed uh, by Judas. He's about ready to go and uh, be taken captive. He's about ready to go and be beat, beaten and, and then eventually end up on the cross. In other words, Jesus is about ready to enter the greatest hour of his destiny. 
the reason he came to earth. Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to die on a cross for all humanity. He's about ready to enter that moment. But before he enters that moment, we see something very interesting happen is that Jesus himself, at least for what we can see in scripture, has one of the most intense and greatest prayer times he's ever had. Which would lead me to believe that this model that Jesus lays out for us, that before there's great breakthrough, there's a great prayer. And that if you're here today and you're believing for some great breakthroughs in your life, what do I mean by breakthrough? Maybe you're struggling in your marriage and it's been struggling for a while uh, and you need a breakthrough in your marriage. Um, Great prayer would precede that. Uh, Or maybe you're struggling with your kids. Anybody ever struggle with their kids? I know we prayed for parents today. Only two of you have struggled with your children? I need to hang out with you more. Um, You know, and, and you need a breakthrough with one of your children. Well, great prayer precedes that great breakthrough. Maybe it's a financial challenge you're facing. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a health challenge. I believe God answers prayers of all kinds. But oftentimes before we see that great breakthrough, there's a great, great prayer time. And here we see Jesus in that. Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. Then Jesus went with them. Who's the them? That's his disciples. It's not all 12 of them because one is off doing his own thing, getting ready to betray him. But there's 11 of them, and they, they go to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and so he took Peter, James, and John and, and became anguished and distressed. Here's what the picture is. The picture is all of them go to a place to pray because Jesus invites them to do so. They stop in one place, and then Jesus invites three of them to pray alongside with him, and that's Peter James and John. And it says he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a moment in your life where you are so grieved, you are so overcome with maybe pain, sorrow, discomfort, something you're facing in your life. Uh, Maybe it didn't feel this intense like death, but you've been at that place where you're just in, in so much anguish. Anybody ever been there before? And you're just crying out. This is Jesus. And it says he's at that point, even to the point of death. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. What does he mean by keep watch with me? He means I want you to continue to pray with me. Okay? I want you to stay here and do it, but I want you to continue to pray with me. Verse 39, he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying. He said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. What's the cup of suffering he's talking about? He knows his destiny. He knows where he's headed. He knows what awaits him. And the prayer is this. It's so immense. It's so big. It it looks very painful. If possible, could you not let me walk through that? He says this, yet I want your will to be done not mine. Isn't that a powerful thought right there? And your prayer, when you are facing some stuff in your life, I think it's easy for us to focus in on the problem and say, God, could you take this away? But I love what Jesus does next. But you know what? At the end of the day, I want your will to be done. And if it's your will for me to walk through this, And God, give me the strength, the courage, and the ability to do so. Yet, I want your will to be done. Verse 40, then he uh, he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. Anybody got any friends like that? He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? He's talking about prayer. Keep watching, pray. 
so that you will uh, not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. How many of you guys, that verse right there described your prayer life? (laughs) I want to pray, and I I love to pray, but every time I go to pray, man, my eyes just seem to close, right? And then I wake up the next morning, right? Couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying to them, uh, saying the same things again. Then he came to his disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let us be going. Look, my betrayer is at hand. And Jesus begins to step into the greatest hour, moment of his destiny. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is here to encourage, to exhort, to correct, and to teach and train us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take these uh, 10, 11 verses right here, and, and God, you would teach us from them today. God, you teach us something about prayer and that we would walk out of here having a greater understanding of prayer, um, a greater desire to pray um, so we could see great breakthroughs in our lives, in our community, and in our church. Lord, I just pray you'd help me now create an environment for people to discover your son Jesus, know your amazing love, and understand the incredible plan you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. I remember early on in ministry, and when I say early on in ministry, I don't just mean with uh, this church. Like I said, we're going to be celebrating nine years as Canvas Church up here in about three weeks. Uh, But when I started out in ministry at the age of 25, um, we had moved from Seattle, uh, Washington, to San Diego, California, one of the greatest decisions we ever made. And uh, we went on staff with a church um, that had just started nine months before we got there. And when I say we went on staff with the church, this is what I mean by that. I meant they were only nine months old, and we said, hey, can we come and help you? And they said, yes, but there's no paycheck. And uh, we said, not a problem. God's speaking to us. We want to move. And this would be 1999. And, uh, and so um, we, we felt by God to raise some support like a missionary does when they go overseas. And so we did so. We raised support. And so monthly support was coming in. Um, I was full-time at the church. My wife was part-time, and she was also a full-time student. And, uh, and she would commute to, to school every day. And so neither of us had jobs. We were just solely living by faith, believing uh, that the finances would come in. And if you've never been there before in your life, it is one of the most like, like faith walks you will ever do. Um, and, uh, and there were moments. I mean, there were moments there where I kind of felt like Jesus right here in this passage. <laughs> help. I feel like I'm at death, right? Um, Because we were living by faith. We didn't know how much was going to come in every month. We didn't know where it was going to come from every month. We had some supporters that were pretty faithful. Um, But there were literally times, you know, a couple years, because we did this, I think, for two or three years. But there were times in this where I was unable to get my wife Christmas presents or birthday presents or anniversary presents because we just didn't have the money. And I'll never forget one time, uh, rent was coming up. And, um, And I looked at it and uh, we needed 500 more dollars. Now, I just need to help, I help you understand this a little bit because some of you are like, oh, in your checking account. No, I mean like we had no money. We didn't have a savings account and a checking account. We had one account and it was at zero. 
And I know some of you have money saved for life, and if something goes bad, I got three months worth. Well, good for you. But this was not us, all right? We were, we, were, we were day to day, and we were just like, God, you spoke to us. We're living by faith. And rent was coming up, and we needed $500, and I didn't know we were going to get this $500. I called everybody. I asked everybody. Everybody had already given that month, and, and we just didn't have it. And, um, and so, you know, I don't know why I went to people first, but I did. And so I literally was, I was, I was, I was stressed, and I was at a point of tears. And uh, it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and she had just got back from school, and I said, hey, babe, we're not going to be able to pay rent. And she's like, what are we going to do? Who have you talked to? I said, everybody. And I said, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. And so I remember we went to the spare room on the little futon. How many of you guys remember where futons were a thing? Maybe they still are. Um, and we went to that futon, and we knelt down, and we started crying out to God. When I say crying out to God, I mean we were sweating great drops of blood like Jesus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and we just started crying out to God because we didn't know what else to do. And we were praying. We, were, we, were, God, we should have prayed for more, but we were just praying for the 500 we needed. I'm telling you. Remember, we talked about this somewhere in our series. He's the God of the universe. If you need 500, ask for 5,000. Come on, somebody. But we were praying for 500 because that's where our faith was at. And we were praying. I mean, we were praying. I don't know, about 45 minutes into this prayer time, uh, the phone rings. And so I go and I answered. Yes, I went and answered the phone. That's how long ago this was. I did not pull the phone out of my pocket. I went and answered the phone. Okay? Some of you have no idea what that is. Like, you went and answered it? Where did you, you have to go, you know? It was hanging on the wall. And so I answered the phone, and uh, it was the pastor of the church. And like, hey, Ben, what are you doing? I was like, uh, hanging out with my wife. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you know, I, it's kind of random, but I just had a businessman drop by the church, and uh, they wanted to drop off some money for you. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, does that happen often? He goes, it's never happened before. And I was like, Interesting. I said, do you mind me asking how much it is? He goes, it's $500. Come on, somebody. I remember getting off the phone and looking at her, and we were just like, man, we need to pray more, you know? Um, but in that moment, man, it was like before we had this breakthrough, I'm telling you right now, we were having uh, one of the biggest breakthrough, greatest prayer times we'd ever had. And what I learned in that moment was so much, and I want to share with you today what I learned in that moment, because I think it's seen right here in Scripture, because here is Jesus, and look, look, everything we read in Scripture is there for a reason. It's not just there for our reading pleasure. It is there for us to learn, to hear, to grow, to be encouraged, and, and to understand some things. And here is Jesus, and before he enters the greatest hour, the greatest moment of his destiny, where he is going to do something that will set humanity free for all of eternity, time, time past, time coming, and time uh, present at that moment. Before he gets there, he does something. He brings his disciples. Listen, if it was just about him getting away and praying, he could have done that. But it was about him showing us a model of something. And so he brings his disciples with him. So much as he's trying to teach us, he goes back to his disciples several times. He's like, guys, come on. Wake up. I'm trying to show you something here. Because great prayer precedes great breakthrough. I believe that with all my heart. Here's some things to learn from the. Jesus' prayer time, number one, here it is. Great prayer precedes great breakthrough. Great prayer precedes great breakthrough. Here is Jesus. And Luke twenty two forty four 44 would reference what I just referenced a minute ago. Luke, the other great gospel, paints the picture that this prayer time is so intense. It's so intense that he is literally sweating great drops of blood. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been in an intense prayer time where you're just actually sweating. But I guarantee you, you didn't get to the point where you're sweating blood. 
right? This, this prayer time is so intense, and Jesus is in this moment, and he's praying that if this could pass, let it pass. But if not, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. And here we see, listen to me, the intensity of the prayer moment was not so much in that he was sweating great drops of blood. Here's what made it an intense and great prayer moment is that he was focused on the promise rather than on the problem. What's the problem? The problem is he's about to die. How many of you guys think that's a pretty big problem? Right? But look at what he does. He mentions it, but he immediately flips to the promise. Look, 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 look. If it can, that's great. But you know what? Nevertheless, your will be done. What was the will of God? The will of God is that none should perish and all should come to a place of repentance. And it could not happen without the work of Jesus. Jesus was focused on the promise. That's why Hebrews would tell us, Hebrews 12, 2, says that the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. What was the joy on the other side of the cross? Salvation, hope, grace being extended. The joy on the other side of the cross was your faces, was humanity, was souls, was people. And so here's Jesus in this great prayer moment. And it, what makes it so great is that he's focused on the promise, not the problem. Here's the challenge to us in that. Too many of us don't come to a place of prayer until we're facing a problem. Too many of us coast through life until we hit a challenge. And then we drop to our knees and pray. Here's what Jesus did. The Bible will tell us in Luke 5, 16, that Jesus often withdrew himself to deserted places to pray. This is Jesus. Jesus was set up for this moment to not be focused on the problem, but to rather be focused on the promise because he didn't wait until he was facing a problem to pray. He withdrew himself often and prayed. See, here's the, here's the challenge. We face a problem and then we pray, which teaches us always to pray to the problem rather than the promise. If the only time you're praying is when you're in trouble, your focus is on the trouble. But listen to me, Christ didn't die just so you can make it through some challenges in life. Christ didn't go to the cross just so you could overcome some troubles and some problems. Christ died so that you could have life and that you might have that life more abundantly. But in order to get to that place of understanding and realizing the abundance, we need to learn from the life of Jesus and we need to get to a place where we're praying continually and daily whether things are good or bad. Thus we'll teach ourselves not to pray to the problem but to pray towards the promise. You with me? Great breakthrough is preceded by great prayer. My wife and I, when we first started out in ministry uh, as, as full-time pastors, um, we, we, and, and there's been seasons where we've kind of maybe not maintained it as much as we did when we first started the church. Because <laughs> like when you're first starting, there ain't nobody. There are no people. There's no finances. There's no worship team. How many of you guys thankful for our worship team? There was no tech. There was days in the early, early beginning where I was back there setting the sound. Well, we all, some people were up there warming up. 
And that was before the days of digital soundboards where you could control it with a phone or an iPad. Try to get it set back there. That's right, I know the pain back there. I've been a sound guy before. Um, but I'll never forget this moment where we first started the church. And uh, we were meeting in a nightclub in downtown San Diego on a Sunday night. If you're ever going to plant a church, don't do what we did. <laughs> we broke three rules. Heart of downtown, Sunday night, nightclub. <laughs> um, but it was actually fun for a little bit. Um, for a little bit. I mean, the, the, the bar was like right there. Like the full bar, everything was like right where the sound booth is at. And we'd have some people coming for church and be like, is the bar open afterwards? <laughs> like, if it brings you back next week, yes, you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so we were, you know, paying, you know, a monthly rent on this thing. But there came a time where we're looking at the finance and we're looking at the church like, we, we can't afford this. And, uh, it was, and it was actually affordable, but we couldn't afford it. And, but there was literally, and there was no place to meet. And I'll never forget, my kids were little. And um, I told them, hey, we're going to go on a camping trip at the beach. And they're like, yay, spring break. But, but what I really was doing was I was just going to put them to bed at night and let them fall asleep in that tent. And me and my wife were going to cry out to God because we didn't know what we were going to do. And we just got away and we began to pray. And literally, I kid you not, that first night we prayed. We cried out to God. Kids didn't know what we were doing. We cried out to God the very next morning. I woke up to a text. Yes, things had advanced. The phone's no longer on the wall. It's in my pocket. <laughs> I woke up to a text from a pastor that was meeting in a school blocks from where we were meeting that didn't want to be in the school anymore was moving out. Literally the next morning. I was like, hey, I've already called the school. It's yours if you want it. Um, but I'm telling you, great prayer precedes great breakthrough. Number two, if you're taking notes, great breakthrough often involves others praying with you. I think there's something so powerful about what Jesus did. Now we see that Jesus often withdrew himself to a deserted place and he prayed on his own. But here he's about ready to go into this great breakthrough moment in his life. And what does he do? He brings others with him. And uh, I believe that great breakthrough often involves others praying with you. Others praying with you. Jesus took those 11 and then he took three a little bit further with him. Got them praying with him. Got them watching with him. And I believe with all my heart, there are those moments in our life when we need a great breakthrough. And I don't know what it is. Let's be honest. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just in life. But honestly, sometimes in church, no one wants to, no one wants to show what they're going through. Everybody puts on a happy face on Sunday morning. Worships, you know. You know, there's, there's two thoughts, um, at least in my church experience about church. Um, if I could use some analogies here. A lot of people see church as a resort. Anybody like going to resorts with lazy rivers and pools and hot tubs and people serving you drinks, non-alcoholic, by the pool, um, right? You can just order food as you're waiting around in the pool. I mean, those are, how many of you guys like a resort, right? Yeah, it's nice, right? Well, some people like, like see it as a resort, mostly worship people with lights behind them and smoke and fog and all that, but whatever. Um, some people see church as a resort, like it's where we go and we just get pampered and taken care of and it's... It's, it's just, oh, everything's great. Uh, but other people like me see church as an ER, an emergency room. Like, I'm here to meet with Jesus because if I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Right? I, I, need, I need to meet with Jesus. But yet when we come, sometimes it's like, you know, you, you, you see somebody like, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Why are you asking? 
just trying to say hello. Oh, okay. So is there anything I pray for? Why, why do you think I need prayer? <laughs> well, number one, your attitude, you know? <laughs> like, I was like, what? This is the place we want to come to say, hey, here's what I'm going through. I, I need a breakthrough in my life. I got some stuff going on. I got some challenges. I got some stuff I'm dealing with. And, 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 and could you pray with me? This isn't the place we want to hide things and cover it up. And no, this is the place we come and, man, in church community and we just flesh it out and we pray for one another and we walk through it with one another and we carry one another. I and mean, we see that throughout scriptures. There's going to be moments where, man, you don't have enough faith or enough strength for yourself, but all of a sudden somebody with you is like, hey, I got you. Right? Man, this is, this is the body of Christ. This isn't you off on your own doing your own thing. Right? Like we're together. And the Bible's very clear. When one part is suffering, we all suffer. Because we're a part of one body. And so I would, I would encourage you, man, don't hide stuff. Don't be afraid to get people on your side praying. Don't be afraid to get people on your side praying. Don't, don't hide what you're going through. But, but, but then there's another part to that, though. Um, don't just take anyone or everyone. You don't, you don't need to get up on stage and be like, hey, I need everybody to know what I'm going through. Right? Um, Jesus had the 11, and then he gathered three more and went a little further. Right? Why is that so important? Because there's something um, you need to understand, and I know this is going to shatter you, but not everybody likes you. Not, not, not everybody likes you. I'm just being honest. And so you, you better have some people that are actually going to pray with you, for you, and alongside of you. I, I, I learned this a long time ago. As the pastor of Canvas Church, not everybody in here likes me. They don't. They don't. Yeah. You love me because the Bible says you have to. But the Bible don't say you got to like me. There's people at the church because they like the worship. And I'm okay with that. There's people that are here that like the children's ministry. And so they put up with me. Come on, somebody. I get that. That's okay. That's okay. Um, see, you got to understand that, I mean, you don't need everybody. But if you got just two or three, that you can say, hey, I, you know, I, I have the executive leadership team. Um, if, if you want a biblical term, it's the elders of the church. And, uh, and man, I got them in my corner. I know I got others. Um, but when I'm going through stuff, and I got, I got a, um, a head intercessor. Um, and I'll just be like, hey, here's what I'm walking through. And they'll all ask me, hey, is this something we can share with other people? Or is this, no, just keep it between us. Or, yes, you can share that one. Um, but I got some people, man, that I, I, and they're in my corner and they're praying for me. And here's what I love about that is because um, as they pray, they'll hear from God too. And these are people in my life that not only are like, you know, sitting there patting me on the back praying for, these are people that, hey, I was praying and actually, and they'll challenge me in areas. You need some people in your life. You don't need to go at it alone. Get some people in your life. <laughs> and we'll finish with this one. Worship team, you can come. Number three. Great breakthrough may require you to go a little further in prayer. Look at what Jesus does. He has the 11. He has the three. But there's a moment in the script here that we read today that 
that he even leaves the three and he himself goes a little bit further by himself. What, what does that tell me? That tells me that the greatest prayer warrior you can have in your life is you. You are the greatest intercessor for your life. You are the greatest prayer warrior you have for your life. It's you. It's something you need to go a little further. I mean, listen to me. You can't, you can't be crying out to others about what you're walking through, asking them to pray if you yourself are not praying for yourself. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna take it to that level where I need some people in my corner, I need some people praying, I, I, need, I need this breakthrough to happen, then you better be invested in it. Listen, as your pastor, I have no problem investing time and prayer and counsel and wisdom and scriptures into somebody that is going to battle for themselves. But anybody that's ever met with me one-on-one and is pouring out their heart and says they're going through something knows my first question. Have you prayed about it? No? Bye-bye. Go pray about it, then come back to me and see where we're at. Because why would you ask somebody else to go to battle for you if you yourself are not in the battle for yourself? You got to get in. You got to battle. You got to pray. Because I'm telling you, you are the greatest intercessor, the greatest prayer where you have. And if you're going at it, you don't see the breakthrough, man, it's time to get other people involved. It's time to get other people on your side. Because I believe with all my heart, here's Jesus, and he knows the hour that awaits him. He knows what's before him. And he goes to this place of prayer. But he doesn't just leave it up to the 11. He himself goes a little bit further, and he prays, and he cries out. What about you? What are you walking through today? What are you facing today? What challenge is, is presented today to you that you know that, man, I need a breakthrough in this area? I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. You might be sitting here saying, well, Pastor, I've been praying. Okay, well, it's time to open up your heart and share it with somebody else. Not everyone, but get some other people involved. I don't have anybody. Get a part of a small group. I don't know if I have the time. Come talk to somebody at the altar today that, that will pray with you. And it won't be a one-time prayer. Man, they'll, they'll get your number. They'll get your name and say, I'm going to pray for you this week. And man, I'll shoot you a text later this week. See how that's going. But when, when, when are we going to get honest and say, man, I can't do this on my own? When are we going to get honest and say, you know what? I need a breakthrough in my life. You know what the breakthrough is. You know what the breakthrough is. Some of you, you're sitting here today and you're habitually sinning. You keep going back to the same sin after the same sin after the same sin after the same sin after the same sin. And you're stuck in it and you can't break through it. You know what you need to do? You need to confess your sin. You need to have a great prayer time. But you know it doesn't stop there. The Bible says you need to confess your sins to one another so that you might be healed. You gotta get some other people. Listen, if you're staying stuck in a rut of sin, of compromise or staying stuck in some other area of your life, man, I'll be honest with you, it's a choice you're making. It's a choice you're making. And you can make a choice to get out of that rut, to get out of that bondage, to get out of that thing that you are stuck in. You can make a choice today, and it starts with a prayer time. And it starts 
with a prayer time. And you get other people on your side, man, I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. Don't allow yourself to stay in bondage. Don't allow yourself to stay in compromise. Don't allow to stay, don't just stay staring at that thing. Come on, let's rise above in Jesus' mighty name. The great prayer time comes great breakthrough. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, if there be anybody, go and stand to your feet as we close it out. God, if there be anybody here, Lord God, that is facing some mountains, facing some uncertainty, I'm gonna, uh, right now I'm going to ask the small group leaders to come, pastors to come on up. God, I pray that today we would make a choice, Lord God, to rise up out of it. We would get in the battle. We would get in the fight. God, we get others on our side. And, Lord God, we begin to see, Lord God, great breakthroughs in every area of our life. God, no matter what we're facing, God, no matter if it's a health issue, a financial issue, a relational issue, a issue at work, God, a mental thing that we're dealing with, a spiritual blockage. God, I pray that today would be the day, God, where we find freedom in, in, in prayer, freedom in you, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, God, we got, we got some people up here right now. Come on, don't let this moment pass you by. Come on, I don't care what you're battling, I don't care what you're facing, I believe in the power of prayer. Come on, we didn't just talk about it today. Come on, we're going to experience it today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on up as others are walking out. And as you're walking out, don't walk by the chips and guacamole without getting some. Get some chips and guacamole. Give some love to the youth ministry. Stick around. Hang out with people. Come on, if you need prayer, come on up right now. I'd love to pray for you. God bless.